Welcome on board Panic Attack with Big John. A uh, little slightly different, but I, I mean, I guess this is turned like minusculely political, or at least the the pundits on Facebook, or Facebook and YouTube and such are talking about it. But uh, <laughs> the new Scooby-Doo cartoon, Velma is gay. Oh, I don't care. But let's talk about it. Talk briefly about Aubrey Plaza being weird. And then uh, this country music singer, Casey Musgraves, that's who it is, uh, calls out Ted Cruz. And I'm sure he, he cares. Uh, but remember to like, share, subscribe, comment. Find me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Um, uh, let me grab my show notes. This would be good to have in front of me, wouldn't it? So the one thing I, I do, and I this is exclusively on Rumble. I only Rumble. My Facebook, or my YouTube, pardon me, and Facebook uh, stuff it was always getting flagged and taken down for uh, supposed violations. And one of them was a COVID thing I did two years ago. And it got taken down like a month ago. And I haven't even posted or been on YouTube uh, in that amount of time. And I know it's little sniveling, sneak political adversaries of mine that think they're being cute. But I, I YouTube for entertainment, and I have the, the premium plan, so I can watch commercial-free. Initially, I got the premium thing so I could uh, see um, Cobra Kai when it was on YouTube the first two seasons. Then uh, now I got so used to the commercial-free, and I listened to like a lot of comedy like a entire playlist of like hundreds or thousands of stand-up bits that I listen to in my sleep to relax. But I go down these other weird rabbit holes. Like it started with horse hoof trimming videos. I don't know how this came up on my Facebook, but it did. <laughs> and I, I got fascinated by it. Like I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know their hooves were like uh, our fingernails and toenails, but that's what their hooves are. And then that got me going down this uh, rabbit hole on subscribing to a channel on YouTube called The Hoof GP. And it's this Scottish fellow that goes all over his area of Scotland trimming cow's hooves. And it's like, fat. I don't understand why, but it's fascinating to watch. And occasionally they get a hoof that's really mangled or infected and, you know, they have to do like a, almost like a mini surgery. But it's pretty cool if you ever look that up, hoof GP. And then somehow I stumbled on, I didn't think I would like this because I'm afraid of wasps and uh, bees and stuff like that. But this guy called the Hornet King, and he's not far from me, somewhere in Pennsylvania, and I live on the border of Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And uh, it's crazy. He finds these hornet nests and he sucks 
up as many hornets as he can or there's all different species within the hornet genre uh genre is not the right word i know uh but anyways and you know he explains how each of them are and how each of them live and look and the differences and which ones are aggressive and which ones aren't and it's he has like a shop vac there's you know vacuums made for a shop to like suck up nuts and bolts and sawdust and heavy things and he sucks them into this vacuum and they basically die when they hit the inside of the vacuum but the ones that don't die on impact they, they he puts a little water in the bottom of it and they drown kind of sounds mean but they're fucking wasps they serve no purpose other than to hurt you but anyways, he takes apart the nests and he feeds the larvae and the nest to his chickens and his squirrels. It's freaking crazy. So yeah, the Hornet King on YouTube. If you ever want some crazy entertainment. So, um, this whole thing now, it's, it was on like Steven Crowder and I think, um, I don't know if Tim Poole did a thing on it or not. He probably did. On Timcast IRL, but I usually don't sit through the whole two hours of IRL. I just find the clips. So, but anyways, I saw this, and I, I guess conservatives and Scooby Doo uh, traditionalists <laughs> are got their undies on a bunch that they've now completely brought Velma out of the closet. <clears throat> the guy that wrote the original screenplays for the two Scooby-Doo live-action movies, uh, I think those were with, uh, what, Freddie Prinze Jr. Yeah, it took me a second to think about his name. Freddie Prinze Jr. and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar as... Uh, Fred and who's who's the Fred and Daphne, and I don't know who played Shaggy and Scooby was a CGI, and um, I don't know who played Velma. So stuff, but he said uh, the guy's name is James Gunn. In uh, a quote from the Washington Post, I've said this before. But Velma in Mystery Incorporated is not bi, she's gay. Uh, weeks later, James Gunn, who wrote the two live-action Scooby-Doo movies, released in the early aughts, tweeted that he had written Velma as explicitly gay in my initial script, which uh, he wrote in 2001. But he met pushback from Warner Brothers. Uh, the studio kept watering down, or kept watering it down and watering it down, Gunn said. He later deleted the post. Uh, so, does this matter? It's a movie, it was a good cartoon. We all know. Shaggy was a pothead at this point in our 
more grown-up years. Uh, his name was Shaggy. He talked to a dog. I think Scooby was a pothead, too. But it was just entertainment. It was just funny. We have to damn everything from our childhood that, that, that later on gets reincarnated in a different light later on. It just reminds me of the Star Wars crowd that had to, you know, damn the whole sequel trilogy because they didn't like the middle movie, the uh, the Force Awakens, or no, the Last Jedi. Pardon me. I left the theater thinking that was awesome, like Luke sacrificed himself for the good of the group, you know, and him and Leia reunited. And all this stuff. And yeah, I think they should have stuck with J.J. Abrams through the whole trilogy instead of trying to use a different director for each one. But that's beside the point. Let's not get off on a Star Wars rant. Uh, Variety Magazine published this. Velma is officially a lesbian in the new Scooby-Doo film. Years after James Gunn and Moore tried to make her explicitly gay. Alright, fine. I mean, you know, once we kind of grew up, we kind of started giving these characters, you know, personalities that were never part of the cartoon. I, I think when I was a kid, Velma was like the nerdy smart one. That's how I felt about her. Daphne was just like the cute preppy chick. Fred was like an aristocrat. Shaggy was just kind of a bum. <laughs> and Scooby was a really cool talking dog. I mean, to this day, as a grown-up, I have a Christmas stocking just for decoration. And it's Scooby-Doo. And if you squeeze his ear, he talks. <laughs> I mean, when I bought that, I was thinking, haha, this is funny. Scooby was one of my favorite cartoons. <laughs> or maybe somebody bought it for me, I don't know. When I got it, I was like, oh, cool, Scooby, one of my favorite cartoons. I didn't care what the detailed analysis and backstory to each character was. So... Uh, I guess there's a Scooby movie, Scooby Doo movie coming out. And it's cartoon. It's not live. It's not actors. It's cartoons with voice actors, of course. Uh, clips from the brand new movie Trick or Treat Scooby Doo, which show Mystery Inc. members googly eyed and speechless. M- member googly eyed and speechless when. Encountered costume designer Coco Diablo uh, have gone viral on Twitter, con- confirming suspicions that the Scooby fan base for decades. Oh, uh, confirming suspicions held by the Scooby fan base for decades. OMG, Velma. OMG, lesbian Velma finally reads one tweet. Wow. I still don't care. It's it's long been open 
an open secret among fans and Scooby-Doo creatives that Velma is gay. Even James Gunn wrote early, uh, wrote who wrote the early live-action films, and Tony Cervone, who served as supervision producer on the <coughs> Mystery Incorporated series, have confirmed the character's sexuality, but they've never been able to make it official on screen. In 2020, Gunn tweeted, He tried to make Velma a lesbian in the live-action movies in 2001. Velma, yeah, yeah, I read that from another one. Uh, During 2020 Pride Month, Cervone wrote on Instagram, I've said this before, but Velma in Mystery Inc. is not bi, she's gay. We always plan on Velma acting a little off and out of character when she was dating Shaggy because that relationship was wrong for her and she had an unspoken difficulty with the why. Huh. Never picked up on that because I never cared. There are hints about why in the episode with the mermaid and if you follow the entire Marcy arc, it seems as clear as we could make it 10 years ago. I don't think Marcy and Velma had time to act on their feelings during the main timeline, but post-reset, they are a couple. You cannot, uh, you cannot like it, but this is our intention. Being gay is not taboo anymore. It's not my thing. It's not my belief. But it's, it's everywhere. I don't even understand why we need to have Pride Month or anything or any like education on, hey, it's okay to be gay. Everyone's okay with it except the the left and some triggered people on the right. Now, I've seen some of these pride parades where they go uh, overboard and, you know, there's men in assless chaps and naked men running around and, and stuff like that. But that's not what this character on Scooby-Doo is doing. She's just your average old regular lesbian and I'm cool with that why does it have to matter why do some conservatives have to make a big deal about it why does the woke left have to pretend that everyone's making a big deal about it you know most people I think that are going to watch this movie probably will be adults that are going back and reliving their childhood and maybe introducing them their kids pardon me to their childhood memories of the cartoon it's up to us whether we go watch it or not and i know variety magazine has to sell magazines and they have to get clicks and uh, whatever this other, all oh, the Washington Post, they have to get clicks. So they have to make a bigger deal of this than it is. But it's really not that big a deal. 
All right. All right. I didn't know why I wanted to talk about Aubrey Plaza next, but I will. This is another Variety Magazine article. And Aubrey Plaza is another one of those YouTube rabbit holes I went down with her just being crazy on talk shows and stuff. So we'll break and talk Aubrey Plaza and uh, uh, Casey Musgrave's problem with Ted Cruz in a minute. Okay. Back at it. Oh, I need to play this. Twitter handle bit on Conan's pretty good too. Save that for a minute. So I've heard Aubrey talk about her sex scene with Robert De Niro in uh, the movie uh, Dirty Grandpa. And I watched the movie. uh, It was okay. Not anything great. But uh, one of the things, you know, she, she said was uh, she wanted to play the character that has sex with Robert De Niro, and she kind of pushed her way into doing that. Damn it, I am going to play the character that has sex with Robert De Niro. And I think they had her in mind for another part. But the funny thing about Robert De Niro is, you think he's this big star, and he's uh, like a, a an eyes-on-me kind of guy. Because he's been in so many movies and done so well, but he's actually, I've heard, rather shy in real life. And there was a story I heard one time about he he was on a movie set and the, the direction his trailer was facing, there were all these Robert De Niro fans out there waiting for him. And when he would open the door from his trailer, he would get all these cheers and adoring fans and so on. And eventually, he told them, uh, please turn my trailer the other direction so when I walk out, the fans don't see me or I don't see them. But Because it just made him feel uncomfortable having this big group of people in front of him. And that's just uh, strange. You wouldn't think that of Robert De Niro. But it wasn't because he didn't like the fans. He just felt awkward because he's kind of a introvert when he's not on screen, I guess. So Aubrey Plaza on weirding out Robert De Niro and Ger- Dirty Grandpa. I did some questionable things I wouldn't do anymore. Uh, when was this article written? 
This must be pretty new. I don't know. Well, doesn't fucking give a date. Yeah, thanks, Variety, for not putting a date on your shit. Oh, okay. October 10th, 2022. So, yesterday. This came out. Aubrey Plaza has opened up about weirding out Robert De Niro when the pair worked on 2016's Dirty Grandpa. You know, I've just found Aubrey Plaza on YouTube. Like, there was a video called Aubrey Plaza is My Spirit Animal. And so there's another, like, rabbit hole I went down with finding all of the Aubrey Plaza being weird compilation videos. And they are hilarious. Uh, she's hilariously weird, and I think it's a, a thing of awkwardness. Like, she really wanted to be a star, an actress, but she's not, like, good with interviews. She doesn't like them. Uh... She doesn't like flying. She talked to, on Letterman about, you know, not being able to take her Xanax to sleep through her flight. So she just sat there licking her Xanax, hoping it would help a little. Uh, anyways, the actor, producer, actress, come on, people, actor, producer, addressed years of swirling rumors about being weird and spoke about her commitment to her films at every stage of the process during a London Film Festival screen talk session. Reflecting on her work, her working relationship, pardon me, with the Raging Bull actor, the two characters play lovers in Dan Mazur's crossover comedy. Plaza clarified that any way De Niro could have been offended by her behavior would have been due to her uh, staying committed to her character. So if if she thinks her character would do something, she says that's what she does in the movie. If If she thinks her character would act a certain way or do a certain thing, that's the way she acts it out. And if it's in the script or whatever. Uh, I didn't really have a relationship with him off camera because he's him. I didn't have time to get to know him. He shows up in a puff of smoke, and there's no chatting at the water cooler. See, I told you, he's not like a people person. The actor explained how focused she remains when playing playing character. In that film, uh, as the provocative... Lenore, and that any experience De Niro had with her was when she was Lenore. By the time he'd show up, I'm in character. My character had one goal, to have sex with him. (laughs) I was acting totally insane as the character because we were about to shoot. I didn't think he understood that at the time. You'd think he would... Because he's an actor and an amazing one. So when she was acting weird, she was already into her character. Because he doesn't show up till it's time to do his part. Uh, she said one of her agents heard Bob. Bob's a little freaked out. And later in the shoot, De Niro hosted a lunch for the cast and crew. And didn't know who Plaza was as she was no longer in character. 
I showed up and he's like, who are you, sweetheart? And after that, he was normal. <laughs> At first, I think I came on really strong. I did some questionable things I wouldn't do anymore. So here's a person that gets into her characters very deeply. And uh, De Niro's the same way. When he shows up on set, he's not in character. I guess she's one of those actors, actresses, that gets into character a few minutes before the filming starts, before the director says action. So, over at Austin City Limits Music Festival, which I'd really like to go to, it's, I've heard it's pretty awesome, uh, Casey Musgraves, the 34-year-old country singer and songwriter, took a moment during her performance to call out well-known senator from her home state. She's talking about Ted Cruz. Because everyone knows, quote, because everyone knows someone who kills the buzz every time they open their mouth, hyphen Ted Cruz, Musgraves, a Golden, Texas native, told the audience as she sang the disco pop track from her album, Golden Hour. In clips fans shared on social media, the crowd is heard cheering in response. And, quote, I said what I said, Musgraves reiterated. So she also called Ted Cruz out during the, uh, the deep freeze in Texas a couple years ago. When people were, the power went out and people were freezing to death in parts of the state, quite literally. They were without power for weeks because the awesome wind and solar technology didn't work. And a cousin of mine explained it to me. I asked him, he lives in very southwest Texas and his brother lives up near Dallas, which is kind of north-central Texas. And so the north-central part, they didn't have power. What happened was the politicians in Texas and the electric companies, all the extra energy that was built up in the electrical grid, they sold to... Oklahoma because they were producing more energy than they needed. And I don't understand the science of that, so I'm not going to go there. But what happened was they opted to get windmills and solar panels that are not freeze-proof, that are not snow-proof. So when this cold hit unexpectedly, everything froze up. And, of course, you have to blame somebody. So Musgraves and others blamed Ted Cruz. Ted also took his family on a pre-planned vacation to the Bahamas, I think it was, during this cold snap. And he quickly returned when shit started hitting the fan and there were pictures of him uh, going through the airport with his luggage on his way to a sunny destination. Uh, then he returned to fix a problem that 
he obviously had no ability to fix. Uh, it was all up to the electric companies to restore power and get power moving through the grid to Texas again. But uh, another singer, songwriter, just reminds me of the Dixie Chicks when Natalie said, oh, we're, we're glad the president, or we're ashamed the president's from Texas, y'all, to a British audience. At least Musgrave said this in Texas. And Ted Cruz is a pretty popular senator. Uh, Beto O'Rourke came kind of close to, uh, got close in the last election with Ted Cruz, but Beto's a scumbag, and Texas, I think, is going more red as the Hispanic population becomes more Republican. So, um, again, it's just one of those things. And Austin is a pretty blue area. And really, some of these dummies that are moving there from California don't realize they're going to end up screwing the state up. <laughs> like they came from California to Texas to get more freedom. They're going to lose it if they keep voting Democrat. They're just going to turn it into California light. Or probably another California. Then where are all the cool Texans going to go? And well, eventually the dummies that screw the state up will probably leave. And the rednecks will have their state back. I love Texas. It is like a whole other country. Because it's so massive, it's diverse in its population. It's not, well, even the Mexican kids I hung out with were cowboy hat, beer-swilling rednecks. <laughs> uh, but they also held on to their Hispanic roots, listened to Spanish music, talked in Spanish amongst one another. Freaking awesome place to go. I, I secretly love to get back there someday. But I don't know. I have a lot of commitments in the small town that I live in in Ohio, so a lot of things I have to see through to fix this. But anyway. That's another podcast for another time. So God bless you guys. Pray for one another. See you next Panic Attack with Big John. Here's a couple more Aubrey Plaza being weird moments. Your Twitter handle is Evil Hag. Why Evil Hag? Because I like it. Um, I don't know. Because why? Sorry. Um, why do I feel like you're my daughter? If I'm going to be in this movie, I'm going to play the girl that has sex with Robert